This episode of Tend Her Wild is being sponsored by Revival in downtown Iowa City. Revival is a woman-owned apparel and clothing store for women with a curated selection of new and used vintage clothing. A place where a small group of badass ladies can help you own your own personal expression, no matter the budget. Revival is independently owned and operated by Sheila Davison, who's a fierce advocate for women's health rights. Inspired by the question we ask each of our guests, we partnered with local jewelry designer, Made Community, to create a special earring design called the Door Collection. Look for the new collection at RevivalIowaCity.com or in person. Which door did you go through to become a wild woman? You can wear the earrings that match that. Who were you before you lost your wild self? That's what we're helping you explore on the Tend Her Wild podcast. Through questions and tools around how best to listen to your inner voice, rewild ourselves, and live the most authentic life where we thrive instead of survive. I'm Betsy. And I'm Kate. And we're so glad you've joined us for this episode. Tend Her Podcast listeners. Today's episode is all about anger. So after receiving a letter from a listener a few weeks ago, this particular person asked me, how do we work with anger? And so we decided we would dive into this topic today. Are you ready, Kate? I'm ready. I'm trying to like channel a little bit of Channel that. some of the fire. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, I, of course, went back to our guidebook for this whole podcast. And I, I feel like it's been kind of the guidebook for my life now. Well, and I, we can tell our listeners everything you know is, really <laughs> is in, in Women Who Run With The Wolves. Yes. It is so amazing. And the beautiful part about this book, too, is it's based on all these stories. It's based on fairy tales and sort of these uh, deeper stories that everyone relates to. And so I think it's got such cross-cultural power as well. It really well. does. Okay, so what the wise wild woman Clarissa Pingola Estes says, she says there is an aspect that women need to master if you're going to be a wild woman, and that is dealing with what can only be called women's rage. She writes, the release of that rage is required. Once women remember the origins of their rage, they feel they may never stop grinding their teeth. I'm a teeth grinder, so I, I? <laughs> I relate to that. Ironically, we also feel very anxious to disperse our rage for it feels distressing and anxious. We wish to hurry up and do away with it, but repressing it will not work. So sounds like there's sort of two pieces to this, that first and foremost, we have to release the rage and we want to not do that, right? We're fearful of doing it. And so we kind of repress it, but it's necessary for us to release it. So we're going to talk about how we repress it, why we repress it, and then how we can disperse it, how we can release it. And almost leverage it. And leverage it, yes. So... Miss Kate, we always start with sort of diving into our personal 
stories and recollections of, you know, whatever we're talking about. So I'm, I'm not sure you and I've ever, we've talked about our rage about various things, but I don't know if I've ever heard you really talk about like, what's your relationship to anger? Like, when did you learn about it? How did you express it? Did you express it? You know, I think about when I talk, when I've we talked about kind of the perfectionist and kind of the training we get in that uh, at a young age through school, through, you know, when we, when we were raised um, to get the A to, to be as perfect as we could. Expressing rage is not really in that equation. No. So. It had to be nice. Right. And so I know I repressed anger when things would happen. And I can think of, you know, little things with friends, um, issues that would come up that I would just hold in. And I think for me, uh, it wasn't until college when I was living with women my age, when I got, I, I started to get involved in politics and um, things. That'll, in, that'll stir up the anger. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it did. Um, <clears throat> I was an intern in D.C. Um, I did my first pro-choice march when I was 21 years old. I had a lot of rage that mm. I, I then had these settings where I could, I could express it. I was with others that were expressing it. Yeah. Um, so a lot of mine kind of, and then, you know, going to law school, right. The injustice of things I can think about time. So my, my, I needed to find the right places, I think, where I felt like it was acceptable. And, and that just took me kind of growing up to, to be in these new settings, to be able to do that. And, um, and even since then, depending on, you know, where I was, working or what my life looked like at the time, I, I continue to often repress it or, or hold back. Yeah. Um, I have certain friends or people, you'd be one of them where I feel like I can <laughs> express it. Um, yep. but we as women even don't really encourage each other to no. do that either. Do we? We don't. Um, we almost have to draw it out. It's like, um, <laughs> more acceptable to be sad than angry mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, there's yeah. there's like almost this neuroses that feels like, oh, if someone's yeah. really angry, then they're not dealing with their yeah. stuff when actually maybe being angry is dealing with your stuff. Yeah. Well, and I think there's such a fear of being a bitch or like that oh. was a fear of mine. Yes. And if you're angry and, and vocal you're the, about it, yeah. you're a bitch. When you're the perfect girl, that is not. And yeah. When you've been you trained be. to be nice and to be likable. Mm-hmm. Um, a people pleaser. Anger is really a dangerous uh, emotion to show. Because it'll get you not liked very quickly as a woman. Right. What about you? Do you remember being angry as a uh, kid? Oh, no. I didn't do anger until I think it was 40. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Really? So that's why I love hearing your story that already when you were 21, you were, you know, channeling it and you were marching for human rights and you were going to law school. Um, I think my anger got pushed down really, really, really deep. Um, my training was very much to be nice and likable and good. Um, which of course, just disconnects you from your inner voice because you just have to make sure everyone around you is happy. And then the interesting part about being nice and polite and good, um, is that we get a lot of validation for it. Right. Absolutely. And then it just reinforces being nice and kind 
this sort of kindness piece, right? We're really yes. uh, taught to be kind. Um, yes, absolutely. And I've even recently got some emails about kindness mm. and, uh, and have thought about, and usually it's woman to woman. Yeah. You're so, you know, your kindness. Yeah. And, and, and it feels good. It feels great. Kind. <clears throat> feels um, great. We often don't say, I love how authentically angry you are. <laughs> I love that about you. Right. So we right. don't, yeah, we don't really right. encourage that in each other, do we? No. So I didn't see also growing up expressions of anger. Um, my, especially coming from the feminine side, right? Um, and the thing that I want to just say outright about anger is it's one of the five core emotions. So we're all designed to feel it and experience it. Um, and I have an old therapist friend that used to say, if you, uh, you should experience anger as many times as you need to go to the bathroom in a day. What? And I think there, the meaning behind this was anger is a normal emotion. Yeah. It's something that just happens to all of us. And just like, you know, so suddenly you're like, I got to pee, right? Like. Anger can just come through and we have to like deal with it, let it flow through and be done with it. So it's really common. It's so common. And in a moment, in a bit, we're going to talk about it's not bad. But um, I think I received a message that maybe it was bad Mm -hmm. and I didn't see any visuals of healthy expressions of anger. Um, I just saw like headaches, people getting headaches and, um, you know, so I, I didn't, and I think I even remember proudly saying at some point in college or in my 20s, because I don't even remember rage or anger in college. Um, I remember proudly stating one time, well, I just don't really do anger. Almost like it oh. placed me above everyone. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm I'm just a kind, compassionate human that doesn't do anger. Makes, I, it yeah. kind of makes me think of when we've talked about depoxing, you know, this higher level of awakening is being able to, to feel every emotion, but you move through through it quicker. quicker. Yeah. So it's not an, even at that level, you're not avoiding the emotion. You're just able to process through it quicker. Yeah. Yeah. And I love the thinking of it. Like you should, you should be angry as many times as you go to the bathroom because gives us permission, total permission. And, and think about in our own days, like how many times do I let myself totally feel it? And, and do I express it? Because if we're not, then we're, we are stuffing it down. We are. And I think I stuffed mine for my whole life until 40. I, I remember uh, shortly after getting married, so I would have been, I don't know, 26, 27. And I remember I was so mad about something and I don't remember what. My husband was in the kitchen with me at the time and I took one of our new dishes that we gotten for the wedding and I threw it and it crashed And I remember it was such a shocker to him. And more than that, it was such a shocker to me. Like I was like, I didn't know it. And it sort of scared me. And then I had a lot of shame around it. And I felt really bad and apologetic about it and shut it down. And then I think, I mean, I can remember other times in my 20s and 30s when I was angry, but it got pushed down really quick, really fast. Um, And I think it's also what's at the heart of why I developed autoimmune problems in my 40s. Because autoimmune disorder is the body attacking itself. So I never knew how to extend my anger outward towards a situation or an issue or a person. 
So that rage and that anger just went in and I think it attacked myself, which is why I developed physical health problems. So, but then 40, as I dealt with the autoimmune disorder and started to feel a lot of road rage and a lot of anger at Trump and, you know, patriarchal stuff, I I really started to, to tune into my anger and now it's, it's here. Like I feel it. And I think I initially was probably scared by it. And now it just feels like information Mm -hmm. and feels really um, actually pretty energizing. I think we are living in a time where women, we need to give one another permission for anger and rage and, and we do need to channel it and we'll talk about that. But there's, there has been, especially for those in our age group, that that d- didn't have healthy ways to express it. It was not common. Um, we're learning that at, like midlife. Yeah. Like if we don't do this, we will get sick. If exactly. we, if we continue this way, um, we won't have the relationships we want because we we're not being honest with ourselves and others about how we actually feel about things. And so, um, it's, it is kind of an awakening when you've lived half your life, most of your life, not expressing anger. Right, right. Um, and I would say, this is crazy, but last night I was cleaning out um, a storage closet and I was going through old files and these were like files from graduate school. So, you know, they were labeled self-esteem and <laughs> theoretical orientation and I, there was a file on anger and I knew oh you and God, I were doing you, this. So you, I pulled it out and I meant to bring it today. It was very dusty. And so this is like, was there some, anything? In yeah, it? well, these are some articles from like, you know, 20 plus years ago. And what was fascinating to me is that even at that point, just 20 years ago, it was just beginning to acknowledge that maybe anger wasn't bad. Like now we all know anger's not bad, but even just 20 years ago, it was like, well, maybe there's some mounting evidence that anger and expression of it could be healthy. It's sort of like, that's just 20 years ago. I think the message for all of us back then was figure out a way not to be angry. Mm -hmm. Right. Oh, for sure. For me, I had a message, whether I learned it culturally, school, family, church, but anger is bad. Anger is bad. Anger is bad. So let's talk about how anger it's is good. actually not bad at all, right? Right. So the first thing I I think, um, there's an author named James Hillman. He's a psychologist. Um, and he has said that anger tells us what's wrong. It doesn't necessarily tell us what we have to do about it, but it tells us something is amiss. It like alerts us. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so beautiful because I think that's what every one of our emotions does is it's just information. information. It's not necessarily good or bad. It's just like, hey, you're feeling scared or, hey, you're feeling angry. So it tells us that something is amiss, something is off, something is wrong. And then, you know, how do we then take that information and and dissect it and think about it and talk about it because it's one thing to acknowledge I'm feeling angry. It's another thing to actually express that anger in a way or get it out of your body because I think that so many of us keep it all so locked up, even if we know I'm so angry right now and we Mm -hmm. grit our teeth and Mm -hmm. we just like grin and bear it. Mm -hmm. Um, And women have done that for centuries. Yeah, they have. (laughs) For 
you know, so long. And so it is so deep in our like genetic makeup. It is. That well, and also there is research that shows when we repress that anger down, it turns into depression. Right. And other health stuff, heart problems, headaches, digestive issues. But depression is um, like, it's always like you have to kind of dig under the anger. So what's really, right. what's really underneath this anger? Yeah. So you're right. You get the information. Yeah. Then but you then you got to do, 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 do the work. This is the theme of our, yes. our, our podcast. You got to do the work, right? I do think anger, because it's information, it helps us see what's amiss, what's not right. It can really help us sort out complexities in our life. Right? Like when you keep feeling angry at a situation at work or you consistently feel angry at a specific person in your life, like it does give us the evidence to dig in and be like, what is it about this work situation that's triggering me? Or what is it about this person that just always rubs me wrong? And I believe that if you follow the trail deep enough, it will always go back to some childhood wounding, right? Something that happened early on that is triggered is triggered right yeah well i love in Af- atlas of the heart where we she really Brene brown, Brene brown dissects yeah. emotions she says anger is a catalyst yes it's an emotion that we need to transform in, into something life-giving uh like courage love change compassion and justice yes so also i love the idea of thinking of it as a catalyst Well, this was you at 21, marching for women's rights. Yep. Absolutely. It was. And, and I think, you know, anger is, like you said, it's information and repeated feelings of it about a situation, a relationship, a a career, a job, um, friendships. Mm -hmm. It is information that it is probably not it's probably toxic for you or it is bringing up something from childhood that you have to either process through or it's just going to repeat itself over and over and over. So, um, what we, you know, what changes can you make, whether it's, you know, leaving a career, leaving a job, leaving a relationship, letting things go that don't serve you. Sometimes I feel like women are kind of a glutton for punishment too. It's like, Mm. well, well, we can become martyrs really easily. Mm-hmm. I think that's also something we've learned culturally is that all just hunker down and stay with this and keep doing this. Yeah. Or we're codependent. So mm-hmm. we worry more about the other person than. But I agree ourselves. that that anger is a catalyst. It's an energy. I mean, I think the element that always gets associated with anger is fire. Right. So it moves us. And if you are stuck in a situation that's not serving you, sometimes anger is required to give you the energy to actually leave it, mm-hmm. right? Otherwise, we can just passively sort of fall into depression yeah, yeah, and stay in patterning that's just like Groundhog Day. Here we are again, same situation. So I do think anger serves a huge peace part in our life to get us moving, Mm -hmm. to get us out, to piss us off so much that I can't stand for this injustice anymore. I can't stand for this, um, mistrust anymore. I can't stand for how you're treating me anymore. Right. And I think at this time point in history, the collective anger about injustice, and there's a lot of it right now Mm -hmm. is, is the, 
it is frankly part of the way forward. Yeah, I agree. If we fall into being passive, accepting that there's nothing I as an individual can do, it's too big for me to tackle, um, there's a huge risk in that for all of us. And so it is a good time to encourage each other to share our rage about things and our anger because if we don't, it's, it's, we become kind of victims of whatever the the future holds. And we, we we don't take control uh, of what we can. We don't use it as a catalyst for change and for good and for justice. So it is a really important time to tap into. Yeah. It turns us into warriors, I think. Yeah. And gives us the energy to, to forge ahead. So now that we kind of have established, because I wish, I really wish someone would have told me in my 20s that anger was not bad, that mm. that it was something that could fire my life forward. It could help me sort out what wasn't right for me. Um, it took me a long time to get to that place to really accept, oh, anger is a normal human emotion. It's It's not evidence that you're doing anything wrong. It's just showing you that something is not working, right? Yeah. But. So as Clarissa Pinkola Estes said, we need to release the rage, but too often we start with repressing it first. And we've already talked about how we hold it in. It turns into depression. It turns into headaches. It turns into GI problems. Um, I went to a acupuncturist a couple of years ago and she was putting needles in. And she said to me, because I was talking about, I was feeling a lot of anger at that time and it was new for me. And she goes, well, you know, in Chinese medicine, anger blocks joy. Really? Yeah. Anger blocks joy. That's fascinating. Right. So if we're holding on. You can't feel the good either. To all the anger and stuffing that down and not letting it move through our system, our capacity for joy goes way down. Huh. I know it's a big one, isn't it? It is a big one. And and don't you think like I can think of myself and other people in my life where there's just like a, like a vague discontent, right? You don't quite know what it is. There's like ambivalence going through the motions, right? Because the anger is stuffed down this capacity to really, feel joy and aliveness. We've done, I know on some of the retreats we've done together, we've worked with people on releasing Mm -hmm. anger. Yeah. And a room full of women, it's an uncomfortable thing to do, but watching people kind of get angry or be able to speak it or voice it or, Write it, Move through burn it. 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 You yes. do a lot of burn ceremonies with releasing yeah. anger. The lightness you can see in people yes. after is, it's amazing. Um, and there is more joy. Yeah. There's more joy. Like if we kind of that process of like a week long retreat. There's more joy at the end. I, I wish sometimes we had the before and after. We've talked We've about always this. talked about doing before People's and after pictures. And yes. the light in their eyes and the joy. Um, because it there, and that's, that's it. It's the shift that happens when you release. Yeah. Um, and so much of the, you know, we've talked about burnout that's happening for people right now is not moving through emotions yeah, and emotional exhaustion. Stuck. 
and we are, yeah, we, we have to, we have to support each other in moving through mm-hmm. things and, and clearing the way <clears throat> because joy is there. There's a lot of heartache right now, but there's joy and you can, you can feel them both, but you actually have to feel. And actually, I think that if someone has a lot of anger and repressed emotion, they actually can't feel the joy. Like, I think, of it's course, the joy is all blocked. around them, but it's like you're you so weighed down by what you've pushed down that you can't feel any of it. I'm going to see if I can find an image that we can put in our show notes. There's this beautiful study that was done, um, I think, by a Finnish group. But they um, looked at where emotion is felt in the body. And it's interesting, and I'm just making this connection now. Um, Like, for instance, sadness and depression is really held in the chest. Like, that's where primarily the emotion is felt. Um, Anger is literally a full body emotion. So, um, and they have an image of what it looks like in the body. It's like lots of red and heat all throughout the body. So the limbs, the legs, the feet, the face, like everything is lit up. Right. And that makes sense. Like often with anger, we want to kick, we want to scream. We want to like, so it's a full body emotion, but if you've been trained your whole life to repress it and to shut it down, what happens in your body? Well, your whole freaking body has to shut down, right? Like with other emotions, just like if, For instance, depression, sadness, like your heart shuts down, Mm -hmm. grief shuts your heart down. But with anger, I'm just having this aha moment of like your whole body has to shut down because anger is felt throughout the entire body. Wow. I know. I just had a memory come up. I, this is fairly recent, probably a year ago. Um, I had, uh, I had a meeting that was really, really difficult and uh, as a woman, I felt completely um, unheard, blindsided, um, dismissed, all those feelings. And, and normally, um, I mean, that's happened throughout my career at different times. And normally I make excuses for people or I, mm. I just say, don't be so sensitive, Kate. Just move on. It's, you know, this has happened before. But this particular day, I stopped at home afterward and my husband happened to be there. I just went off and he just kind of witnessed my, my, your rage, my rage, your righteous rage. And it wasn't directed at him. I I was just telling him the story, but I said it in a way that was like, you know, there, it was like this visceral reaction because I had just experienced it. So it was so fresh and I just, and I felt the need to get it out. I had yes. to talk about it. Um, and he just witnessed it. It was actually, I was really grateful for him. He didn't try to fix it. He didn't try to like make excuses for anybody. He just witnessed it and, and felt bad that I'd gone through it. But, um, I felt like my whole body felt this, like, yes, I felt like a different, I was like, it's gone. It's out. It's gone. It's, you know, and I could move through it where normally I, I remember thinking, gosh, I usually don't, I usually don't release things like that. Mm-hmm. So so where's Angry, it go, yes. right? It and just yeah, and then you start sticks. to think, well, yeah, it might have been a lot of stuff coming out all at once. <laughs> Actually, now that I think about yeah. it, because it's all linked together. It felt like things, you know, a compilation of things. And so then when your to top finally blows, um, a lot of anger can come out. And you've you've experienced that with your, I call them your pool noodles. <laughs> oh, yeah. I did a, I w- was at a uh, retreat and 
we did something with letting anger come up and out. And, um, yeah, we had to use a pool noodle and hit like a, a cushion for a full hour. So it was a full, I mean, really there again, it's a full body experience. You're using your body and you're screaming and you're yelling. And, and at first it felt a little silly. I'm like, well, I don't, I mean, I don't know. I'm not that angry. And then you keep going for an hour and you're like, oh shit, I'm really angry. I didn't know how much was actually in there. So that for me, yeah, it was a really awakening moment of realizing how much I had really shoved down that I had been like conditioned out of. Like, I don't, you know, I don't think anyone was trying to harm me by not, they were trying to help me as a woman in our society to not show anger, but of course it didn't really help me. Um, it's so much more freeing to allow these things to come in and through the body. So I love your example of you and, having that experience at that meeting, coming home, letting all that rage and anger move through your body, come up and out through your story. But the piece that feels most significant to me is that your husband just held the space and let you do it. He witnessed it. You said he didn't try to change it. He didn't make excuses. He didn't try to fix it. He didn't try to give you some platitude about, you know, You're overreacting. And yeah, it's, it's okay. He just witnessed it, and so as we think about, because the the person who wrote in and was like, "What do I do with anger?" I mean, I think we should start to talk about because anger is normal. You're going to do it as many times as you pee, or you might feel mm-hmm. it as many times as you need to pee in a day. Um. How do we deal with it? So your example is so beautiful. Sometimes we just need to express it and have someone witness it. I think when we start doing it for one another and when we, because there's a vulnerability to it uh, that we also don't want to show. Yeah. With any emotion, I think no. really letting yeah. it be seen. But anger might be the most, you know, the one you know, sometimes you can say I'm maybe I, for women. I, but I think for men, like sadness oh, and yeah. anger, but, but I think for, yeah, anger is easier for yeah. men, but I think for women, it maybe it is one of the more vulnerable emotions to show is anger. Yeah. So, yeah. So yeah, I think thinking how, how we can start to normalize saying that, that really made me angry. Um, and and just saying that word. That's a really calm way. That really made me. Well, like sometimes I, know. I think I we can, have to like, ah, you know. Yeah. Like, but, I bet you did that in your kitchen with oh, your. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, letting it out in, an, in a true, authentic way. Yes. Um, but I mean, if we're safe for one another. Yeah. To be that way. I mean, I think women, we, we will cry in front of each other often or yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll feel like, you know, if we're with the right friend, like sadness is easy to kind of let out or it can be, but anger is something that mm-hmm. I think we tend to hold back on, even if Agreed. we're in a safe space. So how do we encourage each other to just let it out? Yeah. It must've really made you angry. Yeah. Like Jesus, I can't believe that yeah, happened. Right. Exactly. Normalize it and, and help free ourselves from kind of the weight that it puts mm-hmm. on all of us. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like no other time in the, than the last five years, I mean, my anger and, and the injustice of things and the, you know, I remember being in Costa Rica when the shootings happened in Texas and we were in paradise. And I was like, 
no, this, you know, this is still mm-hmm. happening in the world. I can't, I can't ignore that. And I was, a couple of us were super angry. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting because I remember I went to sadness first and this is just in this moment. I'm re- recognizing because we talked about it. <clears throat> I'm recognizing that, Oh, I didn't feel angry. First of all, I just felt sad. And again, is that a conditioning that as a female in this culture, it's safer for me to feel sad and to cry than it is to get angry and feel the injustice of it. I don't know. And it's interesting that you went to anger first and I went to sadness first. I was really mad. Yeah. I was so sad. And I remember I was so tearful that day. Yeah. That is interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah, It's probably, probably a little bit of what our, you know, our overall life experience has been and and how we're, you know, what else it might be as I'm thinking about this um, and maybe for our listeners, they can think about them that this in themselves in our Veda, we talk about different body constitutions, different personality constitutions, and there's three different ones. They're called Vata, Pitta, and mm-hmm. Kapha. And the, there's many ways to determine what body type, body mind type you are. But um, one body type, when they're stressed, they go to anxiety. One body type, when they're stressed, they go to sadness or depression. And another body type goes to anger. So there may be that some of us are just more wired, I'm not one of them, but more wired towards when you're stressed, you're irritable, you're pissy, you're Mm -hmm. angry. And again, that's normal for your body type. For me, I go towards anxiety, worry, rumination. Um, So that could also play a part. Yeah. But then I'm thinking about the females who are the pitta body type, which means when they're stressed, they go towards irritability, anger, frustration. Um, How does that work in a culture Mm. that has taught women that anger is really not they can't, so okay. they can't be authentic. They can't be authentic, right? Yeah. They can't right. actually, or they, they feel there's probably pressure to not. To not really show that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. So you, you had this husband who held space for you when you were angry. We, you, we talk about finding a safe person that you can express it with, but there are people that don't feel like they have that in their life. So I think also one of the tools that I use is I use my voice message on my phone a lot and I like will talk into it. I'll cry into it. I'll scream it, like give yourself a message. And then it's so good to listen back later because there's like a cathartic for me. There's like a second catharsis, like getting it out and speaking it into my phone is cathartic. And then later I'll listen to it and I'll be like, Whoa, there's a lot of wisdom in that. I was really letting something go or Mm -hmm. so that I think can be a really useful tool. And of course, journaling, writing stuff out can be a really useful tool as well. Hitting a pillow, just any type of somatic release. Yeah. Screaming Um, into a pillow. Yes. All good. Yeah. But mostly, I think once we get that initial uh, energy out, because of course, anger is an energy, then as you and I talk about, it's remember that that anger response is information. So this is when we have to go in Mm -hmm. and we have to figure out what was that about? Why did I get so mad at that? I mean, for a while, I was feeling so much rage when I was driving at like big trucks that would go by me. Um, they often had certain presidential stickers on the back, right? And I would get so angry, right? Like the person driving that truck might have been the nicest, kindest person in the world. But my anger was so like 
visceral. off the charts and yeah. visceral. And it made me really dig in and be like, why am I so upset? What am I really angry about? What is really going on here? So I do think, you know, we have to kind of go back and deconstruct and figure out what is underneath this. And also observing your patterns with anger, because I think seeing that continues to, my presence with that person or that place or that I always have this sense of, of anger. So mm. even just recognizing the patterns that we have, yeah. which again, all come from somewhere, but um, yeah. we tend to kind of just repeat patterns until we dig in. Totally. <laughs> um, and I do, I think just knowing it's all inf- anger is information. Anger is a catalyst. You know, there's some freedom in just understanding and thinking about that mm-hmm. differently. Um, and it's not bad. No, I think that is the take home point. I want everyone to remember today is anger is not bad, that it's creative life force and it's trying to guide you. And can we channel it into good? Can we channel it into social change? Can we channel it into justice? Can we channel it into changing our lives so that we aren't experiencing the same upticks of anger all the time. And can we unlock our joy? And can we unlock our joy? Well, I want to end with a beautiful, to take us full circle, um, with Clarissa Pinkola Estes and Women Who Run With The Wolves. She writes that part of helping us navigate rage is um, knowing when to allow righteous anger and when not, right? Like there's that discernment piece of like, Mm -hmm. when do I really allow this anger to bubble up? And when is it actually not appropriate for me Mm -hmm. (laughs) to scream quick, uh, kick and yell? So she takes it back to the beautiful animal, the wolf. Mm. And she says, wolves in general avoid confrontation. But when they must enforce territory... When something or someone constantly hounds them or corners them, they explode in their own powerful way. We must know when to say this far and no further, or the buck stops here. Mm. So I really love that image of the wolf that like they avoid confrontation. We don't have to be constantly in fire mode all the time, confronting every Thing we see there are times for us to process the anger through our system on our own and not bring it to other people or other situations because oftentimes it's more of a reflection oh, of our inner wound. Yeah. But there are times when, right, you get cornered or there are times when you're being constantly hounded and you have to explode in your own powerful way. Yeah. I love that image of the wolf too. It's like Thinking of a wolf as being both soft and fierce. Yeah. And Wise and fierce. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that, and, and getting, getting used to understanding the righteous anger and, and how to discern that. Like you said, it's, it can be then extremely powerful. And that's really, right. I, I th- I'm thinking about Iranian women, women right now. Yeah. That's righteous anger. Yeah. And they are uniting they are coming together as a collective and it is beautiful to witness even through the pain um, to see them come together Yeah, as a, as a pack, as a pack, um, as a wolf pack. Yeah. Exactly. So there's, yeah. there's examples of, of that for us to, to witness and, and to be part of and to share in and to support. Mm-hmm. Um, 
right now. So yeah. Remember anger is your life force. Turn it into being a warrior for good. Yes. Thanks, Kate. Thanks, Betsy. Have you been inspired by Tend Her Wild? Well, Kate and I would love to meet you live and in person for a rewilding yoga meditation and healing retreat in one of our favorite places, Nosara, Costa Rica, May 20 to 27. If you're interested in getting away and doing some deep transformative work with us, check out our show notes for how you can sign up. Come rewild with us in Costa Rica. And now the amazing singer-songwriter, Lissy Morris with Wild West. Thanks for joining us today. If you like this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review. Come back and rewild with us again next week.